welcome to the Mint Podcast, where we dive deep into God's Word and discuss practical ways to live it out. This season, we're doing real talk about how we can contend for breakthrough in the most difficult and painful parts of our story. I can't wait to see what God, the commander of heaven's armies, is going to do as we press into him. If you want more of what you hear on the show, there are additional free resources, merchandise, and donation opportunities available at amintageisler.com. We're a listener-funded podcast, and we appreciate your support so much. Let's go run the race. Well, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm excited to dive deep into God's Word and spend the next few minutes talking about practical ways that we can walk it out together. I'm so thankful for you and how you come and spend time with me every week. And we are wrapping up today our series on Ruth called Under His Wings, and this is going to be phenomenal. This is the climax to the story. This is the moment that's going to make you want to jump up and down and trust that the Lord can do anything anything in your life, he can make a way. So let's pray and get started. Heavenly Father, our Redeemer, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we come before you today and we're so thankful for who you are and how you love us. In these next moments, Lord, will you make your word come alive to us in a way that it never has before? Give us eyes to see you ears that can hear you, and hearts that are courageous enough to follow you. We trust you. All our hope is in you. Lord, redeem our stories, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have been studying Ruth and her posture before the Lord, which I'm calling under his wings, where she just tucked herself right into the wings of God, trusting him, and then set her heart, her mind, and her body, that she was going to be loyal and humble and courageous. And then she would take that next right step. And it was it's a beautiful picture of a strategy, not a plan, because God makes the plan. He numbers our steps. But it's a beautiful picture of a strategy that we can take when we aren't sure what to do or when we can't see the end game, when life isn't going how we thought. It's a way that we can practically position ourselves to do something other than just pray or mope on the couch with chips in a good movie. So this is just practical ways. And we've been studying it the last three weeks. Today, we are going to wrap up the story. We're going to see how God redeems this story. And then we're going to talk about how we can apply that to our life. But one of the things that's so neat about the book of Ruth is that it really starts from the bottom of the pit rock bottom as we call it nowadays and it just looks like all hope is lost. Naomi is with her daughter-in-laws and they're in Moab and their husbands have all died. The the daughters-in-law are bare and there's no children. This is a poverty sentence. This is social um, isolation. This is just rock bottom. And Naomi decides to go home and get back under the covering of God and be with God's people. And Ruth, dear Ruth, decides to go with her, even though it means giving up her dreams. And so she goes and she's loyal to her mother-in-law and to God. And she walks out this unbelievable story. And as her faithfulness to God shines through, God in return begins to work out a redemption story that is more amazing than one she ever could have dreamed or even imagined on her own. And so now we're at chapter four. And as chapter three came to a close, Ruth, in her courage, basically proposed to Boaz and said, 
spread the corner of your covering over me, which means put your wings over me. Be the family redeemer. Marry me. And Boaz says, I will, my daughter, but there's somebody closer related to you who actually has the right to do this first. So I'm going to go take care of this. So we're let, we were left hanging in suspe- suspended place of like, okay, Lord, is this going to work out or isn't it? And so now we're going to start chapter four. Boaz went to the town gate and he took a seat there. Just then the family redeemer that he'd mentioned came by. And so Boaz called out to him, come over here, sit down, friend. I want to talk to you. So they sat down together. And Boaz called 10 leaders from the town and he asked them to sit as witnesses. And Boaz said to the family redeemer, well, you know, Naomi, right? Who came back from Moab. She's selling the land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. And I thought I should speak to you about it so that you can redeem it if you wish. And if you want the land, then buy it here in the presence of these witnesses. But if you don't want it, then let me know right away because I'm next in line to redeem it after you. And the man replied, all right, I'll redeem it. And then Boaz told him, well, of course, you know, your purchase from Naomi also requires you marry Ruth, the Moabite widow. And that way she can have children who carry on her husband's name and keep the land in the family. Well, then I can't redeem it, the family redeemer replied, because this might endanger my own estate. You redeem the land. I can't do it. Now, I'm going to pause here. We don't know exactly why this would endanger his estate. It's never said. They speculate that maybe he just didn't want to go against the rules that God had laid out by marrying a Moabite, or maybe he was already married, or maybe he was betrothed to somebody. But for whatever reason, he says no because of Ruth. Verse 7. Now, in those days, it was a custom in Israel for anyone transferring a right of purchase to remove his sandal and hand it to the other party. This publicly validated the transaction. So the other family redeemer drew off his sandal and said to Boaz, you buy the land. And then Boaz said to the elders and to the crowd standing around, you are witnesses that today I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilian, and Milan. And with the land I have acquired Ruth, the Moabite widow of Milan, to be my wife. This way she can have a son to carry on the family name of her dead husband and to inherit the family property here in his hometown. You are all my witnesses today. And then the elders and all the people standing in the gate replied, we are witnesses. May the Lord make this woman who's coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, from whom all the nation of Israel descended. May you prosper at Epropath and be famous in Bethlehem. And may the Lord give you descendants by this young woman who will be like that of our ancestor Perez, the son of Tamar and Judah. So as we come to the close, we're not quite done, but I'm going to pause here. As we come to a close, it's working out. Boaz has bought the right to marry Ruth and to take over the family land. There is a redeemer. And the townspeople are just absolutely thrilled. And they say, may you be like Leah and Rachel, who are the mothers of the 12 sons who were the leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel, right? So they're pronouncing this huge God blessing over them. Like, may you be like them. And Now that you're together, may the barrenness of Ruth be lifted and may you be prosperous just like they were. And so the the townspeople are super excited. They pronounce this blessing over them. Verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth into his home and she became his wife. And when he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant. And I get emotional here because he is our redeemer. 
he opened her womb. And he can do the impossible. He can make a way where there is no way. When you're under his covering, you open yourself up for the miracles of God. The Lord enabled her to become pregnant and she gave birth to a son. And the women of the town said to Naomi, praise the Lord who's now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Now read this. Verse 16, Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast and she cared for him as if he were her own. And the neighborhood women said, now at last Naomi has a son again. And they named him Obed and he became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. Now let's pause here for a second. Minta Ruth had the baby. Why does Naomi, why are they saying, praise the Lord, Naomi has been redeemed. Praise the Lord, Naomi has now had a son to come into the family line as the redeemer. Well, the story starts and ends with Naomi. It is a story about Ruth and her faithfulness to the Lord and her posture before God. But see, it starts with Naomi leaving the covering of God and going out to do things on her own. And it ends with the redemption of Naomi. See, what Naomi broke when she came back under the covering, God fixed. And Naomi, in her hopelessness at the beginning of the story, has now been given this legacy to carry on. And I don't know if you caught this, but it said they named him Obed and he became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. That's King David. So all of a sudden, she's this woman who was barren, has a baby. And her mother-in-law, who was a widow and had nothing and had two daughter-in-laws that was widow and had nothing and had no redeemer, now has a redeemer. She has a grandson. And not only is he just a grandson, but he's the great, one of the greatest kings that Israel ever had. And if you keep reading, it says this is the genealogical record of their ancestor Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nisham. Nishan was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of David. So it just shows the line that she was to, she became part of the royal bloodline. I mean, think about that. Ruth, the widowed baron Moabite who was forbidden to be married to the Israelite people because of her obedience, because of her posture, because she tucked herself under the wings, because she was loyal and humble and fearless, because she took that next right step. She's all of a sudden a part of the loyal, or the royal bloodline of God's chosen people. And I'm just going to flip to Matthew 1 because it gets even better. You find the same genealogical record. Perez was the father of Hezron, starting in Matthew 1, verse 3. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amam and Dad. Amam and Dad was the father of Nashon. And if you go all the way down, it says Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary gave birth to Jesus, who's called the Messiah. See, not only was the widowed, barren, forbidden, foreign, Moabite woman given a son, she became the bloodline to the Savior of the world. And I don't know any better redemption story than that. And what that says to me is that no matter how desperate your situation, no matter how far gone it seems, there's nothing too far that God can't fix it and that God can't redeem it for his glory if we will posture ourselves underneath him, under his wings.
and I get emotional about this because I feel like I'm living a story that's pretty far gone, if I'm honest. And I've seen a lot of doctors and thrown a lot of money at trying to fix my health. And so far, it hasn't happened. And there are days I feel so hopeless like Naomi. And some days I'm courageous like Ruth. But most days I feel hopeless like Naomi and this story touches me because it reminds me to never give up and that God can do all things and that he can make a way where there is no way. Friends, that's really what's at the heart of this story is that God is our redeemer. He's the one that's going to do what we need him to do. But our role is that we can position ourselves. We can be strategic about how we posture ourselves before the Lord so that he can work that out. See, what they had to do first was come back under the covering. And maybe you're sitting there today and you're getting a little nudge from the Holy Spirit that there's an area of your life that you need to bring back under the wings of the Lord, under the covering, under his protection. Or maybe as you're listening to the story, And we talked about loyalty and what that looks like to be loyal to the Lord and the people in our story. God put a little ping on your heart that there's somebody you need to be loyal to. Maybe as we talk about humility, the Holy Spirit gives you a little shoulder tap and says you need to humble yourself before God in this area. And you need to be willing to do the work of getting out of bed or of going to counseling or stopping this addiction that you have. And then maybe as we were talking about courageous action. The Lord gave you just a little heart nudge to say, you have let fear strangle your courage. And I need you to renounce that fear. And I need you to walk forward in faith. And that next right step, maybe you didn't even know what that was. But as we've been talking, God has slowly revealed to you a next right step. And I would just encourage you to keep praying for that. God, show me the next right step and to talk to trusted friends and advisors about that next right step and say, this is what I think the Lord's telling me. Does this resonate with you? Here's what I've been praying. Here's what I think he's saying. And to take that next right step and courage. And I believe, I believe that if you will be faithful to do this, the Lord will step in and do his part and he will redeem your story. He is the God of redemption. He is. And I just wanted to read kind of as a closing that Ruth is the story of the faithfulness of God who never left or abandoned them. It's a story of the protection and provision of God who met them in every step of faith. It's the story of God's miraculous, powerful, mysterious way of working out his plan. And it's a story of incredible grace and love of God. It's a story of two women tucking into the shelter of his wings and trusting him with their lives. It's the story of taking the next right step, no matter how scary it might be. It's a story of being loyal, humble, and fearless while walking through a crisis. And it's a story of holding on to hope because we serve a miracle-working God. It's a strategy for how we can walk forward when we don't know what to do. Friends, tuck into the wings, take the next right step, and be loyal, humble, and fearless in the waiting. Because we serve a God who specializes in redeeming the darkest, hardest parts of our story if we let him. And if we let him, he can use, just like he used the outcast and made her part of the royal bloodline, he can take our tragedy and turn it into an abundant blessing too. Nothing is too difficult for God. And I just want to close by praying. I hope that as you have listened today, the Holy Spirit has nudged. I'm going to be trusting that, that the Holy Spirit has nudged you for what you can do. And... Just as a little practical insight, and I have all of this 
in my Bible study in the book that I created. And so if you're hearing this and you want to dive deeper into some of these concepts, what I've done is I've taken each chapter and broken it down and then showed you this the, the themes running through all of scripture. So you'll look at loyalty and how God asks us to be loyal through the whole Old and New Testament. And you'll look at humility through the Old and the New Testament. And you'll look at courage through the Old and New Testament. You'll look at the faithfulness of God and his redemption through the Old and the New Testament. And it will just show you how this isn't just an isolated strategy in the book of Ruth, but you will find it all throughout scripture. And that is why we can trust that if we will posture ourselves in the same way, God can work in our lives. And I just want to encourage you that your next right step might look like getting out of bed. It might look like going to work. It might look like making a meal for someone or going to counseling or choosing to forgive somebody again or giving to someone in need. It might look like reading your Bible. It might look like praying when you don't feel like it. It might look like worshiping from your tears. It might look like seeking wise counsel. It might look like doing a social media fast. It might look like setting a boundary and cutting something unhealthy out of your life. It might look like an apology. But whatever that next right step is, I just would encourage you to press in and try to take it because we serve a God who is our redeemer. That's what it says in Titus 2.14. He is faithful in Lamentations 3.22. He is merciful, Exodus 34.6. He is loving, 1 John 4.7. He's our protector, Isaiah 41.10. He's our provider, Genesis 22.4. He's our guide, Psalm 32.8. He's compassionate, Exodus 34.6. He is slow to anger, again, Exodus 34.6. He is sovereign, Isaiah 45.21. He is just, Psalm 89.14. He's our rescuer, Psalm 34, he's full of peace, Philippians 4, 9. He is perfect, James 1, 17, and he's compassionate, Exodus 34, 6. We serve a God who is going to be all you need as you come under the wings. That is what you are going to find. This is what you're going to find. And maybe your practical step is you need to claim one of those things. You need to push pause and go back and listen to the list and claim one of those things and write it on a post-it, put it on your mirror, put it in your car and remind yourself of who God is as you tuck into his wings and that he's with you as you walk forward. And I believe he can redeem your story. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, You are the great redeemer. Thank you for the hope that springs up from reading the story of Ruth and the reminder that you can take the lowly outcast and that you can turn them into the royal bloodline. Only you, God. Only you. And God, I know you see each and every person listening. I know you know their story and what they're up against. And I just humbly ask that you would come now with your spirit, with all the fullness of power that raised Jesus from the dead and that you would fill our hearts and our minds and our bodies and that you would empower us to be under the wings that you would give us the strength and the courage and the humility and the loyalty that we need to follow you, that you would help us to know and take the next right step. Lord, there's some people listening that the only way is a miracle, and I just ask that you would bend down and give that miracle. God, there's some listening that they just need to take a step out in faith and courage, and I pray that you would provide all they need according to your glorious riches so that they could come towards you. I thank you for the promise in your word that you use all things for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. So we just ask that you would begin to work all things for the glory of your name. Give us wisdom and insight. Give us strength and courage. Make us like Ruth, we pray. 
and we trust you and we thank you in advance for the redemption that we believe you will work out in our stories. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Mint Podcast. More resources are available at amintageisler.com. Let's do this faith journey together.